Is this thing on? <clears throat> this is Artscape, an investigation into the artistic and cultural landscape of our region, with your hosts, Katie and Harold. For the next hour, we are going to take a journey through sound and storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by CFUV 101.9 FM, located on the unceded territories of the Lekwungen and Wasanic peoples, created with the generous support from the BC Arts Council. Join us as we uncover the people, happenings, and organizations that make up the artscape in which we live. How about we take a seat so that um, we can just catch people as they walk by? Is it recording? Oh, yeah, I hit it. Oh. Hit record. Can you hear it? Okay. I don't know if I don't know if people are going to talk to us. Let's see. Let's. It's getting louder. Is that okay? Uh, hey there. Hey, we're just wondering. Um, do you know who that statue is of? Pardon me. Do you know who that statue is of? Uh, no, because uh, I'm just a tourist. <laughs> I'm from Ukraine and uh, come here to look. <laughs> oh, cool. Welcome here. Okay, this guy. This guy's coming up. Hi there. Can we just ask you, do you know who this is a statue of? I have no idea. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. I have no idea. I'm sorry. I, I can't enlighten you. Uh, hey there. Hey, do you know who this is a statue of? Yes, it's a statue. Uh, do you know who it's a statue of? No. Have you heard of Emily Carr before? Um, no. Oh, are, are you from here? No. Oh, where are you from? Duncan. Mm. So Emily Carr is a major figure in Victoria. You might have seen her statue outside the Empress Hotel with Wu, her little monkey, on her shoulder. Well, Emily is still here. She died in 1945, but she's lingering. And so is Wu, too. Interestingly, uh, she used to dress Wu up. She even taught her how to sew. Yes, okay. Well, we are sitting in the James Bay Inn, which Emily lived in for a couple of years, and where she did her painting and where she had her room downstairs until uh, she died. So we're in the right atmosphere. Um. I, my name is Sally Jennings. I have been interested in ghosts for a long time. I used to work at Heritage Park, and there, there are hundreds of ghosts there. I wrote a book about them uh, in Calgary. And then when I came to Victoria, lo and behold, there are hundreds of ghosts here too. And I did, um, uh, for three years, did a haunted a ghostly tour with grey line buses for three for uh, at Halloween, and then I decided to write some of the stories down because everybody's interested in ghosts. Um, we're making a podcast about Emily Carr right now. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. We were just hunting for a ghost earlier. D- okay, what yeah, kind of ghost? Where? We're at the James Bay Inn. Yeah, that's okay. a good spot. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you guys have a chance, go to oh my gosh, Garrick's Head, because I had an experience in their washroom. Me and my girlfriend changed my life. 
But seriously, it did. Or even in the Gatsby. There's the Gatsby. Yeah. We, we have a ghost in the Gatsby. We housekeep. Like, and yeah. It's gone, like, done sirens. And I'm like, okay, go And it's always like, oh, no, it wasn't. And it was, weirdly enough, it was in. Which is a nursing home. But it was in the Emily Park room. She slept in. Her room was downstairs. Perhaps she's trying to speak to us. the far back left. Very cool. It's been changed now, and it's the gentleman's loo. But. Uh, so many people have seen her in there that they've put a picture of her outside so that uh, the uh, people can recognize who she is. Um, there was once, uh, and I got this directly from staff, um, there was once a time when uh, Jesse, I think he was a cook, he went into the bathroom and he said, oh, I always feel as though I'm pissing on Emily Carr's grave when I go in there. And his glass of beer levitated and was turned and thrown down into his lap. No hands, you know, nothing to see, but she'd obviously got the pip and uh, she turned this up and, and tipped it in his lap. And there are lots of times when people feel touched down there, just touched on the shoulder or whatever. But that's where she died. Harold Hijazi here so, with Artscape. Uh, she's lingering around. I'm just at the James Bay when Inn. When she was um, had a interview with uh, Sally Jennings. Before she died, she used to paint her paintings We feel as if we may have evoked the, the ghost of Emily Carr. So I'm going to walk in through the uh, pub entrance down in the basement and walk straight for the corner left male's bathroom and uh, see if I can spot the ghost of Emily Carr. Fragrance in here. The smell of a urinal. Hello, Miss Emily Carr. And it's quite noisy. Are you in here? There's really ugly brown walls. My name is Harold. I'm an artist here in Victoria. Equally ugly brown I was just wondering if you might have some words to share with the community here, the arts community. The lighting is really bright, fluorescent, ceiling lighting. And her mother used to sit at the top of the stairs and wait for the kids to come up to bed. And uh, apparently she There's still does. Of sounds of water. But we can't go up and have a look because. Perhaps if you're not feeling like talking right now, now, maybe there's some and way that you can give me some kind of sign to let me know that you're here. Um, car feelings. I don't know that she's seen at the Empress um, or any of the major buildings. Mostly just. Um, just let me see. Oh, there's one person who saw um, a couple of well, hooded figures. Well, now that figures. I'm talking to you, I'd just like to apologize on behalf dawn, of the Victoria Arts community for photo, but of course, losing know, your collection the to the Vancouver Art Gallery photo, because Victoria couldn't get its shit but, together uh, yeah, on in time. Hmm. Yeah. But her father. I'm just trying to um, feel. Office There's was just down on Wolf Street, here. so this is the whole area where she was around all the time. Um, the atmosphere is feeling a little 
gray. That's a weird story. Almost a bit cold in here. Those are the main stories. She may well be like in it's a the hollow. Um, the house of all sorts that she built, the boarding house lighter. on uh, Simcoe. It was, to start with, an apartment building, small. And bright, there was the depression, times got worse, here. and she had to make it into a boarding house. So I guess people had separate rooms rather than apartments. There are apparently up in the attic, there are still some paintings of hers on the wall and on the ceiling. Um, but they're stuck there. <laughs> But uh, she was she was very unkind to her tenants. I don't know whether she ever haunts the place now, but uh, she she turned a coal scuttle upside down on one of her tenants' heads because she couldn't pay the rent. One of the funny things she did was when she served fish for lunch or dinner to her tenants, she took her goldfish bowl out of the room so the goldfish wouldn't uh, be upset advocate. because they were eating fish. She is a women's advocate as well. That's true. <laughs> She's a leader of women's rights. And no uh, she was generally pretty snappy with her tenants. And... Uh, oh, yeah. I had not no to turn idea the heat up all the time, oh, okay. but they did, of yeah, course. Yeah, she's pretty cool. And uh, she broke some guy's Have glasses. Have a nice day. Hey. The water's off at the ministry. Hey, do you know who this is a statue of? It's Emily Carr and Wu. I don't know her dog's name. And who is Emily Carr to you? Uh, a woman, an artist, who lived in Victoria, in James Bay. You're from town. She's um, very familiar. We're just learning many years ago, she was famous. But she's yeah, she's a painter. Yeah, that's a really good an question. There, somebody must have written about this. Some I don't. Uh, I think I don't it's know. it's. You know where her house is, her home that she grew up in. It's up this street. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. And if you go, uh, so just up up government. Up no, yeah, up government. Okay. Yeah, just about. Two blocks past uh, Toronto Street. I see. You'll find her house on the left. And she's she's there. She's she's living there. Oh no, she's dead. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh. Long time dead. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I was hope- we were hoping to interview her. Oh. Sometime. Oh, I see. Well, no, you're not. You're gonna miss that window. Okay. Uh, and if you go up no to because they're just people who are dead. Their her energy. house and go left. And you know how you feel energy from electricity or something like that. White. They are just energy. Uh, quite unusual. And not that's why ghosts can repair, manipulate. Which was known TVs, as the house of all sorts. Turn them on and off. And that was her house. Lights. That's where she. Uh, anything where that's electrical. Came and stayed for, you know, a week at um, a time, a month at a time. They or can. Draw and the energy. You've, you've seen the ghost stories on TV. I'm sure yeah. ghost adventures. They draw the energy from yeah. batteries yeah. and the cameras. Anyway, so this is fun. Um, so yeah. the, there's a lot of crossover, <laughs> interesting yeah. physics yeah. going yeah. on. She was not, a, sure she we'll was not a very attractive person. About it. Maybe when she was and younger, uh, but as she got we older, she so was. So you know, she didn't care a lot about worried about it. I should say that differently. She so dressed for uh, doing art on the other side in the world. And I don't think not it's in the studio. Special. I think it's quite normal. Yeah. 
So, are you uh, going to do a get messages in different this? ways, yeah, perhaps? Great. You don't okay. just or, talk, um, but you get well, an idea in your VCRs head. Council, oh, yeah. okay. And you know it didn't come from you. Here. Yeah, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Good good for you. Um, yeah. And if you act on it, you'll find you'll yeah, get maybe we should go up to the, uh, like the house of all sorts. Because they realize, yeah. oh, I wanted she's to go listening. that house on Simcoe, right? Sorry, Simcoe. Manipulate your life, help you with the no, um, what the, the house of all sorts um, or I her mean, house you'd help that she grew up in. Somebody listen to you, wouldn't you? So if you go up to her house, which I is on that's, government, that's what they do, and you and just go have, to the corner past her house, stops, go left, it's head just toward Beacon Hill Park, but you still about a block in from Beacon Hill Park, you'll find the house of all sorts. Helping other is it walkable? I don't think it. I don't know that it's marked, okay. except in books. But it might be. I have, you know, I walk around here a lot, but I. I don't see things anymore that, <laughs> you know, so familiar to me. Of <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Enjoy your enjoy your research. That's great. Oh, appreciate it. Have a great day. But if you just think of them as people, they're helping you, you're helping them. Before we go, there. Um, so, in a way, you shouldn't be too concerned. So, would you can say you consider yourself uh, clairvoyant? Is that a part of it? I've, I'm working on it. For many years, I have done meditation, which is supposed to open you up. And I haven't had any great, um, brilliant lightning flashes. But, you know, it's coming more and more. And I realize that they are feeding me ideas the whole time for everybody, not just <laughs> the me. car drives out. And, Perfect. Um, for example, <clears throat> I have a, I a lady have who's have called a uh, Patricia. And I feel that she's a sort of 1950s secretary person, dressed in a tweed skirt, very proper, very uh, um, organized. And uh, she looks after me. I've had lots and lots of students because I teach uh, uh, from my house part-time. And I never worry about students clashing or an appointment being at the wrong time, because inevitably, they'll change the appointment. It's magic. Come on, it dude. really works. I mean, this has been for years and years. Play. Oh, wow. There you go. with my mother as a very small child and 
there was a monkey there and it grabbed some razor blades out of a seashell and started chewing them and this woman said no and the monkey did not cut its mouth that was Emily Carr's woo and my mother met her selling something she was banging on the door of Emily Carr's house and Emily Carr shooed her away and my mom went nuts and started pounding on the door and Emily Carr opened the door and said oh you've got some jam come on in little girl and they became friends and when my mom married my dad later on they bought all their dogs sheep dogs from her and strangely crows would go to her place to to die and end their life there sometimes as old crows <laughs> oh my god oh yeah you know what's amazing the next episode I'm working on is Emily Carr mm-hmm. it's no surprise to me that your family has intertwined with them because you actually have always reminded me of Emily Carr you know that? not in looks I hope <laughs> I, uh, when I realized that you reminded me of Emily Carr I had never even seen her before at that point yeah. so it was just like the spirit of Emily Carr yeah. this is um, still re- recording I hope yeah this is yeah. all recording okay upstairs I have an oh. ashtray okay yeah yeah. And it says Clee Wick on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of her pot boilers to make money. She made a lot of, uh, it's probably worth a lot of dough. It's in the house, locked up. I had to say that. <laughs> uh, it says Clee Wick on the bottom. That was her nickname. And I read somewhere that she was given that nickname in Euclid. Do you know who this is a so statue of here? This is important. Yes, this is Emily Klee. Carr. Oh, okay. uh, if you read that over there, you're going to... Because there are no bars uh, in the language. Probably the greatest crime. Canadian artist. Oh. And uh, she grew up in this city. She was the daughter of uh, a doctor's family. And probably broke all the rules you could break. Oh, neat. <laughs> Great. She ran off uh, at a young age to California to study. Well, she was probably... One of the only, if not the only, woman art, woman artist in Canada. So that would differentiate her from others. She was just very atypical, and she she uh, made art from nature, and or created art out of what she saw in nature. So uh, lots of she's large, a, she's a huge pictures of forest and things. Uh, like I think it's had, it's you know back good. In it's, it's I, I don't I think it gets a lot more attention than it deserves I think a lot of there's a lot of people working uh, in the art world around the same time that did equally or even better art so that were women that were women yeah absolutely yeah I feel like she I mean she was like sort of highlighted and kind of elevated to some sort of goddess level because I don't know because people weren't creative enough in thinking about other people that were that were um, that were also like also. I good. see. And why did they make this? Do you know? Um, she's a renowned Canadian artist, and she was born and lived here, so it's a statue to her. I see. There's actually an explanation over there. Oh, I see. Are you a fan of her work? Would you say? Um, it's not my cup of tea, but. You know why there's a monkey on her shoulder? She had a pet monkey. She was a bit oh. eccentric. I see. She lived at the turn of the century, and that was kind of unusual. But still would be okay. Crazy. Could you say some things, and I'm just gonna get your levels going. 
Yeah. Hi, my name is Ingrid Mary Percy, and I am in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, in Labrador. And I'm talking to Harold. <laughs> Very nice. Song check. Indeed. Well put. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> okay. I think we are good. Could you just uh, maybe count to ten for me, please? Here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I okay. I have to ask, did I catch you on your cell coin. phone, or is this a home right. line? And this is a landline. No, I mean, I went to Emily Carr. Oh, it's better on the landline. Mm -hmm. so it, um, as long as we're on the I did my landline. undergraduate degree there. Right. Uh, BFA, painting. I'm a painter. I'm a female Canadian artist. Um, yeah, and I did my, um, my MFA in Victoria at UVic. And I, I live in James Bay when I'm in Victoria. So I just live around the corner. From Emily Carr House. Um, so, I mean, Emily Carr is uh, somebody who obviously I've, you know, known about since, um, since I've been a student as I'm a Canadian artist. Um, so, yeah, I've known about her for a long time. And um, But I'd say, like, in the last five years, I've become particularly interested in her and have been doing more and more research in and around Emily Carr. So, yeah. I see. symposium um, kind of refle a, re a reflection of that. I see. And and was there a switch in your mind that went off uh, when you realized something interesting about Emily Carr? Was was there something well, particular there? Or? Well, I guess what happened was about, actually it was about four, yeah, about four, about four years ago, um, I um, I've been teaching at Benfold Campus Memorial University here in Newfoundland and Labrador, mm -hmm. and it's a small campus, so I tend to hang out with people that are not necessarily in visual arts. I, you know, my friends are sociologists and geographers and anthropologists and writers and poets. So I had a friend here, uh, Stephanie McKenzie, who's a poet, and she had actually written a book. Um, of poetry about Emily Carr, and we decided to mount a symposium here in Newfoundland that on Emily Carr that would bring scholars from Victoria to Newfoundland. So Stephanie, Stephanie and I worked on that, and I suppose in the process of working on that, is? I just I do. You know, is that Emily of, Carr? I don't know. I just. Well, now I know. That makes sense. Yes, I believe she had a dog. Suddenly, I read her book, Clee Wick. That's a monkey. That's a monkey. What's a monkey? But I guess in recent On her back, but there's a dog beside her. Correct? There's a dog and a monkey. Okay, yes, I see that now. Thank you for enlightening me about this uh, sculpture. I'm very grateful. Do you know anything about Emily Carr? I know a bit, yes. I actually had a very good discussion yesterday about Emily Carr, wherein we discussed whether or not her art was worthy and whether she was uh, undermining colonial ideals about First Nations art and people or if she was, in fact, informing them. We didn't come to a, we didn't come to a conclusion. Yeah, that's, that's what I know. But what do you think? 
I think as a woman of her generation, it was really impressive what she did, you know, going out and experiencing First Nations culture firsthand. And sure, you could argue that by producing artworks uh, based on First Nations culture, she was commodifying them. But at the same time, she was bringing awareness to First Nations culture to a wider audience. Is Emily Carr your favorite Canadian artist? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, as being an important yeah. artist. Who's and your then favorite it was recognized Canadian? much more so after she died, right? So it's just interesting how Emily Carr resonates on so many different levels with so many different people. Mm-hmm. Can I ask um, what inspires you about Emily Carr? Can I turn the artist statement around on That's you? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um. That is such a good question. I think it has, for me, it must. I think it has something to do with place. Uh-huh. I, mean, I grew up in Vancouver, and but uh, of um, course she's from the west. And then I, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Vancouver, and then I moved to Victoria. She her father my to send her to an art school in the um, states. And for me, like the there. west coast, there's just something about. BC, and she went to place France, like the, the forest, the trees, art, um, the beaches, she went to the mountains, she was that in has become kind of I'm really not sure. I suppose. So maybe for me, um, I mean, I also... When you think of Emily Carr, what do you think of? What comes to mind? Well, I guess, I don't know, the um, Her art, mostly. The statue. I live fairly near it. <laughs> How would you describe her art if you could... Um, it's very West Coast, yeah, I relate I to say. car on that level as well. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I, I live in James Bay. I kind of, sometimes when I'm in James Bay, I I walk along the street and I think, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I'm kind of exactly the same street that Emily Carr walked along. And you, know, you can still see where she painted. You can kind of go to Beacon Hill Park or sit on the, on the beach, Dallas Road, and... You know, you're sort of looking at the world through her her eyes. And um, I don't know, I guess, yeah, I suppose it's place and, and in fact, being an artist, being a painter, being female. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so you, you mentioned how you're interested in her depictions of place and how that connects to you mm-hmm. having grown up in Vancouver. Do you like her art? And yeah. do. What's your favorite <coughs> piece by Emily Carr? Um, I'm wondering about so the, the way in which Emily Carr that, um, is known to embody the, the spirit Coast of BC and Vancouver Island or the West Coast in general. How do you think that comes through in her artwork? Well, you know, that was a really big thing for her. She, she writes, and she wrote so much. She, has, she wrote journals, wrote, um, you know, stories. Um, so if you read her writing, her writing is amazing. It's so clear and true and honest. Um, so in her writing, she's, you can just, she constantly talks about this desire to capture this sense of spirituality in a way um, that she gets from nature, that she feels from nature. I I suppose I 
I don't think anybody can not feel that. I don't know if everybody would call it spirituality or spiritualism. But, I mean, I don't think you can um, live in B.C. and walk through a forest, like an old-growth forest, and not feel this sense of awe. Uh, I, I'm really not you know? an expert. Um, so, it's kind of like the Rockies. She's, uh, First time you see the Rocky Mountains. I mean, they're, they're awesome. She's, she's an artist, like so, like uh, a, Robert Bateman. You can put a name on an it. Artist as well, I, right? I wouldn't necessarily and, call it uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for, but, um, for, for art. Can, you know, for me, it's, it's really amazing beauty of what, what's probably what the main thing amazing, to be said. An amazing but wonder the art. of nature, mm. and it's just uh, and in the West Coast, like. Tree is so big. Everything looks like it's on steroids. Like everything's big. Uh, it's an expression of life. It's a wilderness. Yeah. It's amazing. Like when I was a kid growing up in Vancouver, my parents used to send me to a forest warden camp in the summer, and we would go out. So do you think Emily Carr expressed his life? Camp passed up near Squamish, and we would go into the woods and you know learn how to survive and eat the roots of ferns and things like that. And, and she was a I don't know, I for, that I think she so was much about, I don't know, sort of part noted for her. That feeling of like the rainforest and incredible um, expression. Yeah, uh, the, the, the beauty of endlessly. Yeah, you might say it's the beauty of You're sounding like you're really longing for home. Um, I, I, I love I, I can't really, and I love Newfoundland too. Um, I love contrast. Yeah, amazing that you're, you're, you're living this. I think I know what you're trying to say. Polar opposite uh, it's, it's life. Good. It's good. <laughs> polar is a good word. I'm trying Very to find the best um, words yeah, to, no, I, um, to choose what <laughs> she said. It's, it's pretty I, Like I say, I, I don't really know a lot <laughs> yeah, about Emily. I know. And <laughs> I don't really know a lot um, about. Yeah, Robert I, Bateman. I, uh, I, I, actually, I, I know more about him I than do, I would know, I mean, know about pretty, Emily Carr. Oh, yeah. He's so but, far from D.C. and yet still in uh, Canada. Cool. I, I, so that's another kind of thing awesome. I. Well, thanks so much I for find interesting with us about for a bit. Appreciate Emily Carr. Yeah, have a great day. You too. She's Take care. Kind of a speaking point too. You guys enjoying the statue? It's fun, hey? And I think she kind of offers a way to discuss different threads of And how do you feel about her depictions of Coast Salish indigenous culture in her artwork? Oh, that, that's such a complex question. And at the symposium, Harry Newman, who is a indigenous uh, British Columbian artist, he's going to discuss the whole idea of cultural appropriation and what is what's the difference between inappropriate cultural appropriation and inspiration so um That's, i don't know i mean it's hmm? pardon me is that that is the focus of his talk the the difference between inappropriate yes. appropriation and inspiration yes mm-hmm. he's calling it um Appropriation versus inspiration. I see. Yeah. 
And he's, um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to what he has to say about that. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, for me, I think it's really complex. Um, I mean, it's, and I think there was also a time, uh, of, I think it's, time it's problematic back for in sure. the 90s, no question. The 1990s yeah. when, you know, Emily Carr was really, um, her work and was really derided, you know, like she was really, um, was, there was a, like really heavy criticism laid upon her. Um, now it seems to be more, um, it's 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 a little more nuanced now. I think it's not. I don't know. You know, I I'm not. I I'm not a claim for an expert on Emily Carr. Um, yeah. That's why I really love organizing these symposiums because mm-hmm. I can kind of bring together all these other people that have amazing kind of uh, you know scholarship and thoughts from a lot of different perspectives mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So. I mean, I guess I, as I say, like, I kind of relate to Emily Carr more as an artist. Um, and I don't know, and as I said, as a, as a female painter. We do a big mural, and uh, I cut it up into little squares, one of her paintings. And then I get each group to do, like, one square, and they don't know what they're doing until the very end. And then we put it all together. That's all I do about Emily Carr. And you do that with an Emily Carr piece? Yeah. Very cool. And what, what do you tell them about Emily Carr when the, the uh, block painting is done, completed, reassembled? <laughs> Just that she was a painter from Victoria <laughs> who painted a lot of First Nations things, and we have a lot of First Nations in our school. So. Well, that's good then. There's a lot of totems and stuff. <laughs> Lots of totems? In, in her paintings. Uh-oh. Yeah. Harold and Katie. I'm Carrie Mason. I'm an art historian and art consultant. Uh, I've built my career around Emily Carr for 38 years. I've been writing about her, curating exhibitions about her, and teaching courses on her. I began teaching courses here at the University of Victoria in 2001, and I'm happy to say I was the first person ever to teach a course on Emily Carr at UVic, and I just love teaching courses on Emily Carr. I teach for other institutions as well, uh, the University of Colorado and the Victoria College of Art, the Vancouver Island School of Art, and uh, teach for continuing studies as well as for the Department of Art History and Visual Studies. Uh, My husband says that I teach Emily Carr and courses because from Emily Carr, I've extended my courses to include the Group of Seven, other Canadian women artists, Emily Carr and First Nations more, more particularly, and Introduction to Northwest Coast, 
contemporary Northwest Coast, women artists of the Northwest Coast, specific courses on Haida Gwaii, Kwakwakiwak territories, and this reminds me that another aspect of my career with Emily Carr is I do travel studies for UVic where uh, with 20 students, we retrace the steps of Emily Carr, her 1912 and her 1928 sketching trip. So we go everywhere she went and are in the villages she was in, look at many of the poles she was looking at. Of course, a number of the poles she was looking at are no longer in the villages, but you still were able to absorb the feeling of the villages. And, and uh, do you know uh, anything about Emily Carr? Have a good time to I know that. Let's see what else. I'm very uh, about fond of an introduction. Carr, As so an art consultant, so I, I work on Emily Carr authenticating oh, and appraising yeah. for institutions <laughs> yeah. and directors internationally. That's yeah. so precious. And locally. And so, what was it about so Emily Carr? There's different that aspects of Emily Carr and First Nations that come. Uh, well, I find my, her my painting. It looks so simple. <laughs> Where's my desk? And I haven't even talked it makes, about it. It inspires me to, that, um, to want to try it, ago, you know. Before you were born. And, but at the same time, I don't think, the I think her work is, uh, Columbia. as a, a woman, a is ahead of her time. In the location in of Emily Carr's father's I shop like, at 1107 Wharf Street. And that's where I started my journey with Emily Carr. I curated 27 exhibitions of Emily Carr's work. Years and ago, for called 11 the years, the Emily Carr Gallery was, and my, it was, was my life. Held and here then at the grad Newcomb school Auditorium. brought me into uh, and, teaching uh, Emily Carr. And it was a story about teaching Emily, Emily Carr. And it, it was a great play. And I was involved as a ticket rip, ripper. <laughs> so uh, Just that she's so varied and, and I knew that all there's the songs such the, complexity the to her as a person so, yeah, and to Emily her work. And the fact that there's always something new coming so much, along and there's always people... Excuse me there, sir. The hey, man. Hey, I'm just wondering, do you, uh, do you know who that statue is of? So just that, now just wondering I have if you know students who the whose parents have taken... No. Courses from the. He didn't. He didn't want to talk to us. About Emily Carr. Oh, I think that's so cool. I want to know okay, about yeah, Emily Carr. Yeah. Oh, where are you from? Oh, very cool. It's pretty yes. funny when cool. you're just rolling Have up to someone like, "Hi, I'm involved yes. in." Okay. That's who this is. That's an international. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, are you familiar with her work at all? Not a whole lot. No. Two years have actually extended into three this. If you had year. to state one fact um, about Emily Carr, it started out with a I probably couldn't state anything. Oh, okay, fair enough. Honestly, but yeah. other than that, she's a human being. We know that. Well, and she's an author or a painter, which is it? Both, actually. Both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So yeah, so we're just trying to find her, find out why Emily Carr is the most uh, preeminent or the preeminent Canadian the artist. Two years yes. later we were so we're trying to figure that out today. Okay. Yeah. First How you make it out? Pacific to Atlantic, and then oh, she is. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. thought, okay, now we'll do Atlantic to Pacific, yeah. Yeah. and the result of that was two weeks ago the Emily Carr Symposium yeah. at the Art Gallery, which Have was you been a to the art sold out success. No. Yeah. Or the um, so no. I guess and two years from now, would you say that Emily Carr <laughs> is similar to Van Gogh in that she wasn't really celebrated while she was alive, and people weren't like recognizing her as such? She had much more recognition than people think. 
she she was always a really good storyteller, so she tended to ex- exaggerate this, oh, I don't get any recognition, I don't have any friends. For 15 long years, I didn't paint, all of which are exaggerations. And we see wonderful instances uh, like the year 1937 when Emily Carr was worried about paying her medical bills having just suffered her first heart attack and there was a tremendous rallying around her in central Canada and uh, Montreal especially people buying her paintings and she was just astonished at the size of the check that she she received and of course didn't have to worry about her medical bills at all People don't realize that when she came home from France, um, she came home just at the end of the year 1911, but she had in mind to travel up the coast and uh, work on what she said was the serious work of her life, quote-unquote, her Indian collection, that the way she financed this was by selling paintings she had created in France. So getting back to your question, Harold, one of the things I I really respect and and enjoy about Emily Carr was just how self-sufficient and resilient she was, how she just, you know, paid her own way, stood on her own feet, and went ahead. She didn't care what people thought about her, mostly, but uh, she persevered when a lot of other people would have given up. So do you, can you speak to her impetus for wanting to, like, represent uh, Northwest Coast Indigenous poles and all that kind of uh, imagery that she uh, painted? Sure. Uh, When she was born in 1871, two-thirds of the population of Victoria was First Nations. She was born into an environment that was predominantly First Nations. Wash Mary came and did the laundry for the family. There were Kosalish people and other First Nations cultural groups coming and going through Victoria's kind of clearing house for First Nations coming down into Puget Sound. So her, her backyard, Beacon Hill Park, had often First Nations people camping on the beach, pulling up the canoe and stopping on the beach. She was also the daughter of someone who respected First Nations people. We have this in the diary of her father, Richard Carr. Uh, He spoke out against the treatment of the First Nations in the United States in the early decades of the 19th century. So She grew up interested in First Nations people. She loved the stories her father told about circumnavigating Vancouver Island and what he had seen when he did that. She really had uh, an epiphany when she was on a trip to Alaska in 1907 with her sister, Alice. It was first just going to be a pleasure trip but this was her first trip to villages where there were poles. So the ship stopped at Alert Bay, Campbell River, Prince Rupert, and went up to Alaska. And these, she said, these poles and the villages spoke deeply to her. 
when she was in Alaska in 1907, part of the touristy thing to do was to go to the to Totem Walk, a kind of theme park that was set up by uh, Governor Brady that had poles on one side and trees on the other, kind of colonnade. And she was sketching, and this sort of planted a seed, you know, sketching these Klingit poles. And when she came back down to Victoria on this trip, stopping again in Campbell River and Alert Bay, she said, my mind is made up. I'm going to picture as many uh, Indian villages and people and poles as I can. So she committed to what she called her Indian collection then in 1907. And although she was teaching in Vancouver, every break she got, she would go to a First Nations village if she didn't have the time to go to Alert Bay, which she did in 1908 and 1909, and many times after that. She went to Seashelt, which was closer, or up to Hope or Lytton, and started to build the serious collection of her life. It reminds me, though, of another myth that Emily Carr did totem poles, and then she did forests. In fact, she she was interested in the landscape always and in First Nations always. And for her, it was really all the same. You know, the artwork springs from the environment, springs from the people and the place. And so the tree is a totem is a tree, right? It's, uh, it's all one in Emily Carr's mind. The more time she spent in First Nations villages the deeper her appreciation for the people. At first she thought, like most people in the early 20th century, that soon there would be no First Nations people. Everyone would be assimilated. She writes in several places about the fact that the Poles would soon be gone. And in fact, they were being taken away for for different museums. They were being burned, taken for souvenirs too by people coming into villages they had no business being in. But she came to understand that in certain villages, even though the potlatch ban was in place, the culture was alive and well. These were living villages. And so she started studying and she asked people, she asked people to tell her about what was on the pole. She wanted to know. And it was a lifelong quest. Her best friend was a Coast Salish woman, Sophie Frank, a basket weaver. And she learned from Sophie. Sophie learned from her, too. So there are many different connections Emily Carr had with First Nations people. Mind right is to that I think it's interesting to know how First Nations people react to the First Nations work of Emily Carr. And so any chance I get to speak with an artist about Emily Carr's work, I'm curious and say, what do you, what do you think about that? And most recently, uh, Carrie Newman was speaking at the symposium, and somebody from the floor said, well, do you think Emily Carr is guilty of appropriation of First Nations imagery? And he said, you have to look at the context and how it was created. Why was she doing it? 
And what she wasn't doing it for profit. That wasn't why she was painting it. And, the, and so he said she's not guilty of appropriation. And I've, I've spoken to people in Haida Gwaii who are the uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the friends of Emily Cars who took her into all the different abandoned villages like Tenu and Skidans. And I said, what's the family story? How does the family view what Emily Carr did? Uh, the Russ family I'm thinking of in particular. And I was told that she was a nice old duck. They, they liked her. Yeah. So, so would you say that Emily Carr is the, the best Canadian artist then? I mean, she's pretty much the only one that I know. So I, oh, really? I mean, well, if I thought about it, I'd probably could think of a few more, but probably the most well-known one that I can think of. Could you think of anyway. one more Canadian artist? Probably not. <laughs> it could be any kind of art. It doesn't have to be visual art. Just any I'm Canadian. not a huge fan of, like, painting art in general. Like, oh, I, I just t- learned about Emily Carr in school. That's how oh. I know her. I know she's in Ross Bay Cemetery. Oh, live cool. near her house as well, so. That's rad. Yeah. Have you ever seen Emily Carr's ghost before? No, I haven't. I see. What kind of class was it that you learned about Emily Carr? Language arts, probably. In high school say. or university? Um, high school, middle school even, I think. Huh. Yeah, I know I went to South Park, which is just over there, pretty close to Emily Carr House. So um, we'd go into Beacon Hill Park, and they'd teach us kind of her drawing techniques as well. And I've been to Ross Bay Cemetery, seen her grave, Very that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. What's the most memorable thing you can think of learning about Emily Carr? It is. Yeah. I mean, that shit of monkey was pretty cool. But I find all her work interesting, her rugs and her pottery, her writing. Her poetry, no, it's, it's all her political cartoons. There's so many different aspects to her creativity. And do you think that it's because of all the different mediums and means of engagement that we've put her in this place of the main West Coast artist of some kind? If you follow. Um. Well, I think it all contributes to why she should be the preeminent uh, West Coast Canadian artist. I say preeminent Canadian artist. Uh Uh, I'm often asked why she wasn't a member of the Group of Seven, for example, and her stature was equal to any member in the Group of Seven. And for that I say they, they said, you are one of us. They recognized that her stature, that her contribution, was equal to theirs. Um, so why wasn't she a member? It was a boys' club. It was a little, a little boys' club. Um, but as soon as the the group of seven disbanded in 1932 in favor of a much larger group, because they recognized there were a lot of great artists, Emily Carr first and foremost, who should be included in the Canadian art movement, movement, the Canadian group of painters was formed. First person they invited to join the group of seven was Emily Carr. There's a tendency here, though, for people to think, oh, well, she, you know, she's a local, local artist. They don't realize just how qualified she is to be on the international stage. And in fact, studies show that internationally, the two best-known Canadian artists are Tom Thompson and Emily Carr. Really? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I can see that. 
There was a large collection of paintings sent to the Tate Gallery in 1938. So there was David Milne and Emily Carr and a group of seven and all the usual suspects. Out of all the artists, Emily Carr was singled out and called a genius by the art critic, critic for the Manchester Guardian. So It was strange that the wow. first and only... She's just such a mystery. ...specially lighted studio I ever owned should have been a torment to me to work in. Through the studio, only could you enter my four-room... Emily Carr is a mystery. A tap of the door. I was caught there at my easel. I felt exposed and embarrassed. These were her streets and stomping grounds. Dallas Road, Government Street. It was a curious agony. School. I possibly it was the ridicule my work had been subject to. People could talk over my shoulder. In this house, art and religion you can't separate. For real art is religion, a search for the beauty of God deep in all things. Emily Carr. Art would keep poking me from the unexpected places. Art being so much greater than ourselves. Victoria it has been very stern about my art, being conservative in her tastes. She hated my particular kind. She believing in having well to do well being Victorians had always been at best towards her work. But tradesmen calling at her door had sometimes window, asked to see her pictures, and she felt this request was made from genuine stare, interest in art. She convinced the idea the that a gallery for the ordinary man was really needed. She discussed this plan with me, as with other friends, and I tried to persuade her to abandon I couldn't say so. But it seemed to me that the interest of the coal carrier, the garbage collector, and the butcher was more a curiosity about Emily herself, her dogs, and her studio than any hungering after pure art. Her way of life was so natural and necessary to her that she was quite unconscious of the fact that many ordinary people regarded her as something of an oddity. This plan, therefore, half idealistic, half practical, was doomed to be abortive. The Where the exponents of art on Vancouver Island are extremely exclusive set. They liked what they liked and would not tolerate no innovations. My change in thought and expression had anchored them into fierce denouncement. To expose a thing deeper than its skin surface was to them indescendency. They ridiculed my striving for bigness depth. The club held exhibitions, affairs of tinkling teacups, tinkling conversation, tinkling landscapes, but not weekly executed in watercolors. I would invite None the people who walked in class park on Saturday afternoons and on Sunday. A baker, my house was practically good in ordinary park. people would never Lower East had just fallen vacant. Lower West would have was going to be empty next week. I had a carpenter cut me a connecting door. This gave me six large, well-lighted rooms got together. Working on the idea of starting a people's art gallery in these six rooms of mine. It was winter time. There were no band concerts in the park. 
What she was doing was totally radical at the time. To look at her with this postmodern lens is really unfair. It was also suggested that there might be study classes. Young people come to see me saying how arduently they hoped the idea would be carried out. The tombstone of Emily Carr reads, and called a meeting of important people that could help if Dear Mother Earth, I think I have always specially belonged to you. I have loved from babyhood to roll upon you to lie with my face pressed right down onto you in my sorrows. I love the look of you and the smell of you. When I die, I should like to be in you unconfined, unshrouded, the, the petals of flowers against my flesh and you covering me up. A number of wealthy people with influence. We called the meeting while the exhibition was still on the walls. The rooms were thronged. There was interest. The plan was discussed. I offered Lower East and Lower West to the city at the lowest possible rent. She described her hometown as being 20 years behind in the appreciation of art. Its citizens had brought their outlook from the old country on the boat with them and hadn't budged since, not realizing that even back at home ideas had changed. What hurt her most deeply of all was that she felt that her own sisters had no interest in her work if they mentioned it at all, was to criticize and insult just built herself yeah, a fine art gallery. It was endowed. Unless Victoria could do the same thing, bigger and more flamboyant than Vancouver, she would do nothing at all. The lieutenant governor said that if the city would acquire a property and erect a fire, Emily Carr was an extraordinarily talented woman and remarkable in many respects. Etchings. She made a career for herself and lived a fiercely independent life at a time when these things were unusual things for a woman of her upbringing to do. Her life as a painter was hard. She struggled for years against neglect and ridicule, and though she never quite lost her conviction that one day her way of seeing things would gain acceptance, there are long periods when her vitality as an artist was at a low ebb. At the age of 70, she began a new career as an author. The wealthy closed their lips and their purses. The Arts and Crafts Society smiled, a high-nosed superior smile. Lee Nam, if the, the word genius, artist, a word to be jealously guarded by the critic, used only on very special occasions, can be applied to any Canadian artist, it can be applied to her. She belongs to no school. Her inspiration is derived from within herself. He spoke kindly about my own work. I was now an invited contributor to art shows in the East. Sympathetic criticisms were unnumbing me. I desire to paint again. After all, wrote Mr. Brown, the People's Gallery might have further crippled your own work. Victoria just is not art-minded. 